0: Today, on a very special episode of the Annie Graham Journal. This journey. is the true story about Mac. year.
1: Nut job, quit the singing. Creeping out all the regulars. I'm expressing my inner anguish to the majesty of song. Look, drunky. You've been coming in here every day, stinking up the joint with your craziness. Now, what the hell is wrong with you? I've got no heart! Because a she devil stole it!
2: You know, times are changing. The ladies can do stuff now. And you're gonna have to learn how to deal
0: with that. What? Were you saying something? Look, I don't speak Spanish. Ch- ch- Change. 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 And face the strain.
1: To be a different man Time may change me But I can't twist him. Doug, a lot of your treatments are pretty out of date Come on, Bob, I'm, I'm guys like us, we're setting our ways Well, this is not an age thing, Doug Hell, these days, if you've been out of med school five years Half of what you learned is obsolete Why do you think I spend every other weekend at a seminar In some two-star hotel ballroom that still stinks of last night's prom vomit? I do it because I have to keep up. Look, Bob, I just, I don't have the energy for all that stuff. Well, then we got a problem. Oh, yeah. We got to make a change. It's time for us as a people to start making some changes. Let's change the way we eat. Let's change the way we live. And let's
0: change the way we treat each other. You see the old way wasn't working so it's on us to do what we gotta do
2: to survive only on the Antigram journey podcast are you gonna find tupac david bowie kid rock dick van dyke ron burgundy and suzanne stabile in the same space talking about the same subject today's subject is change if you haven't arrived at that yet in the spring of 2023 suzanne and joe taught a two-day workshop on change at the Micah center Today's episode is their conversation reflecting on the opening of the workshop given by the Reverend. If you want to hear that opening, you can find that free download on the LTM website, a link in the show notes. And on September 12th, the entire workshop's teaching will be available. Quick pluck time, coming up events. Suzanne is teaching Know Your Number in Dallas, September 24th, hosted by the Texas Methodist Foundation. September 30th, she's going to be teaching relationships and the anagram at St. Paul's UMC in Houston. And October 13th and 14th, she's going to be teaching on the paths between us in Porterville, California. You can find more information and links to register for all these events at com slash events, and that link is in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for listening and joining Suzanne, Joe, and LTM on the journey.
0: I, I don't know for sure that I am representing everybody in the room, When I say this to you, my love, Mm -hmm. that was exhausting. (laughs) Honestly, I'm very enamored with you, and I could hardly wait for you to finish. That's the way I felt.
1: (laughs) How fast can we get through all this gloom and doom? (laughs)
0: So, we talked about how hard his opening talk was going to be, but we didn't feel it while we were talking about it. I bet people who are feeling repressed felt that. (laughs) Yeah. It's just really, really hard to hear.
1: It's overwhelming. It it is overwhelming if you consider... uh, the, the vast amount of change that is possible in our world today and is taking place all around us in the world today and th- there's something to be said for life was simpler back then
0: well here's what I wrote down you know? listen to this line and then we'll see what you think you have to say about this second thing I wrote down was I wonder if people always sound old when they talk about things that have changed <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think they do. But they have a they have a unique perspective of having seen both sides. It's it's sort of like what I was saying about your dad. For your dad to have moved from East Texas to West Texas in a covered wagon and then live long enough to experience automobiles and trains and planes and Rockets that go to the moon and somebody walking on the moon to have experienced that vast change must, in, in some sense, be just sort of mind-blowing. I can't begin to comprehend what change difference there will be for our grandchildren, who are starting out with cell phones. Right. Right what will they end up with? Yeah. You know, and uh, those kinds of opportunities.
0: Yeah, we're, we're pretty lucky. I, I was thinking about, Joel helps us an awful lot, along with Devin, with technology, and I was thinking about all the things that I do that are annoying to him <laughs> when he's recording, because they're just annoying. And he... Uh, is very patient with me, but he calls it logic, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't understand logic really. I don't, meh. So uh, I, it just occurred to me, Joel, that you're being so patient with me, and if you, if you just stay, be patient, and don't try to get me to accept that your patience is logical, I think I can get there. I'm so thankful.
1: I think one of the things that is,
0: but wh- I'm not done. Oh. <laughs> But what about people our age who don't have children and grandchildren or a neighbor or somebody who is patient with them while they try to adapt and adapt and adapt and adapt to things that are so complicated? I think that's very tricky. And so we're really lucky that we do things that involve technology so that we can just hand things do you remember when we first had a podcast joel at an event and people would come up and say i want to sign up for the podcast but i don't know how and you would try at first joel tried to show people how and then he said just tell them just to hand me their phone (laughs) right right I'll, i'll just do it so that they can hear the podcast so that because explaining it when people don't have the vocabulary doesn't work
2: a hard day yesterday so we'll start with that (laughs) and part of that hard day and if this human being i doubt they're watching based on this story (laughs) but they called i
0: can hardly wait
2: (laughs) we do the tarantino style after 15 minutes and she's crying on the phone and yeah and i'm just my head's laying on the table this woman bought uh, an mp3 online and she's saying all these things that don't exist and she's like I whenever it's a 3 hour mp3 on stance work for her and her husband she's like when i whenever I, i've downloaded it to my computer and when i play it it plays but if i pause it or stop it it starts at the very beginning and i you know i can't just start it and i was like yeah well you know use whatever media player you're using use the controls and pause it rewind whatever she didn't know what a media player was, and I tried to explain to her, and you know, and I said I was like, if I get, if we had sold you a CD, you have to put that in a CD player. Well, we gave you a digital CD, and something has to play that, and you can use whatever you want to use. I don't know, I don't doesn't matter to me. So then now she's crying, and and I'm saying, do you just want a refund? Like this doesn't please,
0: seem- please. Yeah.
2: And she she says no, it's for me and my husband, and it's our numbers. And I was all right. Well, literally, I'm like, do you do you? What kind of computer do you have? Do this. Press this button. Right click here. What do you mean right click? <laughs> well, there's an you know, on a mouse. There's a right click and a left click. And literally 15 minutes that felt like the entire day for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So just sorry, I don't even know how. Maybe I've just been waiting to tell somebody the story, but <laughs> So,
1: I think that's a perfect example of of what I was saying about people feel feel ignorant or stupid or dumb because they can't do something that somebody else does. But what what I learned years and years and years ago was that sometimes you you don't know how to do things just because it's not within your experience. I can't speak Chinese, but there are millions of little bitty kids five years old who speak Chinese, because that's within their experience. And I, I learned that driving on dirty, muddy roads in, in East Texas, because...
0: Is there a reason why you're
1: no, I'm just, handling
0: me while you tell this story? like. No.
1: Just just, because I'm
0: from West Texas?
1: Yeah, West Texas. Because when you go, if you drive on muddy roads in Southeast Texas, it's easy to drive on muddy roads in Southeast Texas because the soil is sandy and the sand absorbs the water and so you can drive on muddy roads fairly easily. You try to do that in the panhandle mm-hmm. where there's no sand to absorb the mud, and you drive the dirt roads in the panhandle, and they're deep-rutted dirt roads, and you're going to be in a bar ditch. Because sounds you
0: sounds like you've had this experience. You're pretty whipped up about this, and I take, I take it it was years ago.
1: I'm just saying that's the way people realize that if you have an experience one place, it doesn't always... Translate to the other place.
0: Here's what I would say, though. Joel has uh, people who don't want to learn because they know they can call Joel.
2: Oh, yeah. I live with five of them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you think we're included in that group?
2: It branches out from there.
0: (laughs) So, (laughs) So moving on. I think we are kind of mad at change. And depending on your Enneagram number, I think you're stubborn about it, or you're teachable, or you're not teachable, or you are dug in, or you're going to continue to do it the way you've always done it, even, the way, even though the way you've always done it isn't available anymore. And you have an option of... Living your life like Joe felt was his responsibility to do the opening talk. If we had lights and sound and music and stuff, we could have played a dirge, <laughs> right? Right. So, I, like, and I think that's how some people feel. Yeah. It's just so hard to do anything. And then we pin it, in my observation of us and most folks on the thing that's right there that's manageable like why'd they take that off the menu that was our favorite thing mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that is to represent everything we were frustrated about that day <laughs> because that it's j- a, it's this is the final straw
1: yeah yeah
0: they don't have it anymore
1: yeah and you carry that anxiety and you put it someplace
0: or you use your whole time that you have together to be enjoying one another at dinner Arguing. to bitch.
2: Yeah, to bitch about the fact that they took it off the menu. Yeah. Why are you hanging your anxiety on that poor waiter's bones?
0: How, how come you can mute me and I can't mute you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> gotta learn how to work the program.
0: <laughs> learn how? Do so, yeah. you hear that? You gotta learn how to work the program.
2: Figure out the MP3s and you Aye. can have the mute
0: button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I have a list. I have three pages, So, oh, well, okay. but we're going to have to chop, chop. Chop, chop. Because I have a lot of pages and notes. Yes, you do. Um, so, you see, Joel, when I said I have a lot of pages and notes, he just sat back like, <laughs> okay, here we go. I want to back up for just, and I don't think we need to get off into this. Okay. Well, I'm going to do a thing first, and then I think we don't need to get off into this, but I want to talk about it. Okay. First thing I'm going to do is to save you with your church members that are here. Do see I need they saving? don't even know that they're mad at you, but they are. They're mad at me. Well, uh, three of the four are.
1: Three of the four.
0: it's <laughs> No, Aaron, you're all in. Here's the problem: you suggested that if people didn't want to give a whole hour to worship at home, it would be that they would just stop li- everything else and just listen to the sermon. Oh, yeah. That did oh, see, ha- look at them shaking their heads like. <laughs> Or the music, see? You didn't say or the music, so I'm just fixing it for you. Okay. You ought to just let it be.
1: I will say this.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh.
1: There are some people who just listen to the music and not the sermon.
0: My point exactly. Yeah. You you look a little whipped up about that, too. (laughs) So I want to talk about Asbury for a minute. Okay. Because... Everybody, I don't. Let's give a let's give a brief overview of what's happening at Asbury. Anytime it's gonna, the word "brief" is in there, and it's "let's," that means you do that part.
1: <laughs> Asbury Seminary in Kentucky is a, a very uh, conservative um, seminary, but there has been over the last couple of weeks a spiritual revival that has. Begun at their uh, institution and it started in a worship service. And.
0: Yes. Yes! yes. It started
1: in the worship service with the, music,
0: with the music
1: and it lasted for uh, two weeks, 24 hours a day for two weeks uh, until finally the institution decided they needed to stop and put some parameters around it because people were flying in from different countries and coming from all over uh, to experience this revival that was taking place uh, in Asbury.
0: Okay. Now to speak to that as change. Um, What if it, is the Holy Spirit. Do you hear your language? This revival started, came out of nowhere, nobody knows. You and I, our language for that would be that it's probably the Holy Spirit. And then you said, but the institution decided to put parameters around that. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying for a long time, for those of you who used to be, are, or intend to be churchgoers, When we pray for the Spirit to come, we don't want it to involve us. (laughs) Holy Spirit, come. But if you're going to give, like, weird gifts to people that other people don't have, don't give me one. I mean, like, that's the thing. She's had that thought every single time. (laughs) Every time. So... The institution has decided, was very generous to say, to put boundaries around that or parameters. Because what they've decided to do is control it.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and good luck trying to control the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, well, we'll see. Yeah. What I'm suggesting is that part of the discomfort in what has happened is because nobody had the authority to put control or parameters around what happened and the change that it caused and what that demands from the rest of us. Yes. And so we are powerless, collectively powerless. So some people dug in, and I'll talk about this later, on one thing and some people dug in on another to reclaim some power and Control. So for the rest of the weekend, it's real important from my perspective for you to own that control is an illusion. Mm -hmm. Now, that what happened in life in the Trinity ministry when we weren't allowed to do this or this or this or this. Joel just got our family up here. And put us on the front porch and in the front and in here so it would look different. And we just did podcasts from in here. And then we did some teaching from in here. Because three, sevens, and eights, orientation to time is the future. And so for the future would be their way of looking at that. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to stay connected because that's good. We're going to do it this way because this is what we've got. And here are all these ideas of the way that we can do that. But ones, twos, and sixes, who are oriented to the present moment, are just stuck on a muddy road in the present moment. And fours, fives, and nines, whose orientation to time is the past, are trying to uh, create a way to look at this that is solved by something that has happened in the past. Here's what I want to talk about next. Uh, I think we're going to talk all weekend about the mismatch between change and the pace of change. Yes. But I don't, think if, I, I don't think you said that the mismatch in adapting to change is also generational. Yes. And you talked about generations a lot. But I, I'm very concerned that at, in a time pre covid when we were beginning to come together generationally, you know, we were doing some generational, intergenerational groups and intergenerational conversations. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was very healthy. I've, and I, until our current church, I've always had a Sunday school class. I always started a new one. And I've always named it, Any Age Will Do. And so I could gather an intergenerational group of people to teach one another because every generation has something to learn from every other generation in the room. I'm afraid we're going to lose that because of our inability to adapt to and accommodate change at the same pace. Exactly. And I don't know what the answer is to that, but I know if we don't, if we don't say that this is a thing, and if we don't name it and put it in the universe, then it's not going to get dealt with, I don't think, by anybody. Um, I'm very, very, very disturbed to hear that 80% said COVID produced a negative change in their own lives and seventy-five of seventy-five percent of those said it had one, one unexpected, unexpected, unexpected positive, positive. And then there are people who are rewriting what happened during COVID, like you, and finishing projects and things. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got a new refrigerator.
0: Oh. Oh. We did. <laughs>
1: Just one example of the projects.
0: (laughs) I'm not totally sure of your involvement in us getting a new refrigerator, but we'll go with that. Okay, good. So you can save face. We will go with that. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I want to talk about another thing, Joe. Joe, because of his profession and vocation and commitment to ministry, talked about pastors for a time who were not trained for virtual worship. And I get that that's your context and that that's true and I'm not denying any of that. And I am saying we have to put on the table all of the things now for all of us that we have to learn to do or do that we were not trained to do. And we have to acknowledge that there are people who have just decided they're not going to do it, and we have a lot of judgment around those folks. I'll take it all if you want to pretend you don't have it, but, you know, God knows your line, so you do what you want to do. (laughs) And what what I want us to be really aware of is we are not embracing change. We're uh, giving in to it. Mm -hmm. And you know what it's like when you're in an argument with somebody and the other person just gives in? Well, that's not satisfying. (laughs) Or you give in, that's worse. So I'm wondering where the energy is if we're going to give in to what's happening rather than try to figure out how to embrace all of the change. Because I think that could be really important. And we're on page three, so then I'll, uh, then I'll get to do all the talking, which I'm currently doing anyway.
2: <laughs>
0: with all the statistics you gave, what's happening to community? I really like my coffee in the mornings, and I like my pajamas. And I really like corporate worship. And along with liking corporate worship... I need corporate worship because it's community. And it's community that is not focused on problem solving. And when a community forms around solving a problem, then as soon as the problem is solved, the community dissolves. So that's not going to get us back to community. What's going to happen?
1: There's going to have to be um, an internal longing for community in order for it to happen. Because what, what COVID did was uh, create what I would say was this community. It, it forced people into silos into solitary circumstances and situations Um, and because it lasted as long as it did people became very comfortable in those places and found and adapted ways in which to operate whether it's a business we now we can communicate from our homes and do all of our business. We don't have to all come to the office building anymore. Uh, It's church, the same kind of thing. School is a different kind of a setting. But there's so many settings in which people ended up being uh, segregated and separated from one another and became comfortable in that separation that there is going to have to be some kind of uh, internal longing for, for union and connection, that brings how people back. How long is it going
0: to take for people to feel that?
1: I think it's going to take some time because it has pushed people into um, a this is me kind of mm. lifestyle. Yep. Um, this is what I want, and this is how I want it to be, and this is what I want to do.
0: Well, let's just give an example or two. Okay, You know the church is made up of all the people from all the stuff, so if you use church examples, then you've got the collective there. Tell the story about maybe a person from our church who said, I'd like to do this, but I'm not doing it unless worship time goes back to 11. Mm-hmm.
2: Is
0: that the crux of the story? And there
2: was the story.
1: That was the crux of the story. It... it um... I'm not going to donate. I'm not going to contribute financially to the church unless it goes back to 11 o'clock. I'm contributing now, but I want this change. And if it doesn't change, then I'm going to not contribute.
0: You know how many millions of examples we could come up with that are that kind of mindset? I'm not going to do my part unless I get it my way. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go unless you have it when I want you to have it. I'm not coming to your house unless you serve a vegan meal. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, because this is what I want, and this is how I want things to be. Until we get past that, we're not going to be able to come back together as a a highly functioning community. And we were on the way to not being highly functioning communities before COVID because of our idea that life's all about me and I can have whatever I want whenever I want it. One of the things that's really interesting to me about living with Joe, and you've heard me say over and over, and I I will say it till uh, my last breath, he is the best human being I've ever met. And Joe doesn't, do things and then say to me, don't tell anybody. Because Joe doesn't do things that he would care if everybody knows. So when Joe does something that's kind of outside the boundaries, it's a, it is a thing to watch. It has to be 15 years ago or more. We were invited to an event where there was going to be a book release uh, of, of an author, <laughs> of an author that we really like. Yes. Joe is a picky eater. <laughs> like generic American. Yes, you do. That's picky, baby. Well, you don't like all generic American. Like, there's a lot you don't like. But he used to just say, because he had these tests, allergy tests, 50 years ago, and 40 40 years ago, and there was a whole list of stuff. Well, he says he can't remember the list. So if people are saying, would you like pear salad, he says, no, thank you, I'm allergic to pears. I was. That was one of them. That was one of that the was hundreds. One of them. <laughs> because he would never be rude. Well, we came separately to this event, and it was people from a small church. Mm-hmm. And um, he got there late, and they had a buffet for all of us. And he was hungry, and he went straight to the buffet before I caught him. And then he comes in to sit by me with a plate, big plate of what he thought was rice with chicken in this sauce. How you doing? About to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody what it was. Tofu. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tofu. Tofu. Yes. Uh,
1: Tofu. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not real food. <laughs> There's nothing real about tofu.
0: So he took two bites. We were sitting on the piano bench. Mm-hmm. And he took two bites, and he looked at me, and he said, I, I just can't. <laughs> and I said, well, he's already talking. What are you going to do with your plate? And he said, I can't. So Joe Stabile sure did. Put the rack down that you put the music on and put the plate of tofu behind it and put the rack back up with a little music on it. It's probably still there. Now what I'm trying to say to you about this human is that is totally, totally outside of any behavior pattern that he has. Because he doesn't ever think that he matters more than anybody else, or more than whatever's happening, ever. Who knows what I've left on pianos and under sofas and things. Like, I'm not that person. If we can't get some of that, not the putting the tofu behind the music rack, but if we can't get past some of the behavior around I don't have to eat what I don't like to eat I don't have to listen to what I don't want to listen to I don't have to wait in line between people behind people who where it says you can have 15 items have 16 y'all count you know you count right you're in line you're in a hurry and the person in front of you you look and think they have way more than 15 items right and then you count yours first before you count theirs <laughs> to make sure that you don't have way more before you judge heavily All right, you just take that example into anything you want to take it into. And what I'm trying to show you is that because we can't adapt to the change that's happening, we are growing in our inability to adapt, period. And that's a problem. That is a big, big problem. And there are certain personality types who are going to live out the rest of their lives saying, nope, I've always done it this way, and I'm going to keep doing it this way. Unhealthy. That's unhealthy. If, in case you recognize your number as I roll through here, I'm talking about unhealthy or pathological. So let's think about the people, and then I want us to talk about this, and then I have one more thing, and then I have to teach. Okay. But l- let's think about the people who believe there is one, that's a clue, right way, right <laughs> way, to do everything, right? There's a gentleman in the room who is over his wife's head pointing to her, but she doesn't know it, but she's owning it. She's going, yep, that's me.
1: <laughs>
0: There's a lot of you right there in that area. I'm just That's unacceptable in our current circumstance. There has to be more than one right way. We know that Father Rohr, who is our mentor, one of them, has always been ahead of his time. And he was way ahead of his time when he started talking about dualistic thinking and non-dualistic thinking. True. And you kind of tipped your hat to it when you talked about us being in silos, and you tipped your hat again when you talked to it about being this is me. And... If you aren't familiar with that language, dualistic thinking is there is one right way to do everything. And non-dualistic thinking is both and. So dualistic thinking is either or and non-dualistic thinking is both and. We cannot manage what is out there and in here with either or, and move forward, we are gonna have to get to both and. We have to, and if we are going to hang our anxiety on any idea, worship time, political leader, person at the hospital, whatever, wherever you're putting yours, if we continue to do that, then I believe in the rest of our lifetime, we will be hopelessly divided. So Joe's going to talk about hope tomorrow at the end of the day because uh, he always has it, always. Sometimes it's just disgusting. <laughs> do you want to say anything about that before I say the next thing?
1: Well, I agree with you wholeheartedly, and we, we are going to have to be able to see the changes that are taking place from both sides of something good and something bad and then find the middle ground and and the acceptance of both of those as we move forward. Absolutely.
0: I want to retell the story for a minute, just a minute, because it's a template for all the stories that you can relate to. And ways that you're behaving too, I bet you. I want you to imagine being part of a pretty great church, and calling and saying, "I pledge to give this much money, and I'm only going to give it until this date." And if worship doesn't go back to 11 o'clock then I'm not going to give it anymore. My response to me with that would be, (laughs) it's for sure not going to be that day. You should visit around. That's not the appropriate response. But neither is changing worship to 11 for people like that. So do you see what the dilemma is? We have a big big dilemma I said to the guy at Papa Doe's in a, a bad moment
2: <laughs>
0: how long does Papa Doe expect us to live without fried crab fingers <laughs> it was a bad day I'd had a bad day and I believed in my heart of hearts that fried crab fingers was going to fix it for me So it was get them or die. (laughs) And he said, ma'am, a lot of people have asked us that, but they don't tell us when they're coming. And I said, I'm so sorry. And then I spent the rest of his night telling him how sorry I was, (laughs) which is just as selfish as where are the the, the fried crab fingers. Do you see that? Because had, Joel had to teach me that. I didn't see it.
2: <laughs> I was about to say, I'm having flashbacks. I, you need you are ser-
0: having flashbacks?
2: Server with a backbone. Oh, do you talk to me that way.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Joel was a server who wouldn't have responded <laughs> well to that.
2: I was listening yesterday to a certain radio station that uh, will go name today. But they were talking about when they were younger, uh, they maybe went out to eat twice a year. Yeah, And then they were talking about how they would go and dad was driving, roll down the window, and we'll have six cheeseburgers, Mm -hmm. comes with a Coke, bam, here it is. Mm -hmm. And then they compared it to the shenanigans that they did with their kid the day before, where it was, you know, they did Uber Eats with modifications to three different restaurants because their kids want food from, and just the, the vast difference between those two
0: absolutely and it's very scary if we talk about uh if you've never heard me teach this if you hang around you will because i teach it all the time but if we talk about the domes of this is me we are and the great i am then it's we're we're no longer in the we are and we were we're back now down in the this is me And this is what I want, and I don't want pickles, and I don't like their American cheese, so I want to go to a different one, and I want to do a different thing. (laughs) And I'm doing it. I'm doing it, and you are too. So if you think you're not, then you have more work to do than I expected. (laughs) Because we're all complaining that things are not the way they used to be. Rather than putting that same amount of energy into things are not going to be the way they used to be.
1: The conversation has just got my mind reeling uh, about the the enormity of of changes. You know, I mean, a little thing like I said to you the other day about hating to go shopping because when you used to go to get blue jeans, you went and got blue jeans. But now there's of kinds of blue jeans and I was
0: very offended that you have to shop by the designer
1: instead of all designers of jeans put all the shirts in one spot and then you can pick one and go you know but you put all the designers and you think you know it's craziness it's craziness are are you done? I'm getting there (laughs) (laughs) go for
0: it All right, this is the last thing last thing Uh, change is inevitable you Mm. said that several times
1: yes it is
0: And it always has been. Yes. But here's the difference. It's not now that just change. The reality is that it seems that exponential change is inevitable. And what that means is, according to, thank you for being late, what that means is we're never going to catch up.
1: Yes, that is true. We are... very quickly at a spot where we cannot stay up with the speed of change that is happening around us.
0: And brain studies are literally showing that we can't adapt that fast. Yes. So we have a big, big issue to deal with. And I hate to think of us dealing with it without... All Enneagram numbers represented without all professional choices represented without all age groups being represented and the chances of that are diminishing by the week or by the month or by the year if we don't figure out how to stop longing for the way things used to be. It's over. It's done.
1: And you can't go back You can't get back to it. You can, and we'll talk a little bit tomorrow about it, but you can do things that are simpler, and you can try less is more, but in the process, you cannot get back to where things were prior. No. It's
0: it's over. It's over. You know what I just thought of when you said you can't go back? What? You're not going to like it. (laughs) But you know, I have to, I have to verbally process things, and I need to teach, so I'm gonna have to process this. Okay. And then I'm gonna teach. Okay. There was one instance in our life when they said you could go back.
1: Yeah, but I, but yes, but but, but I couldn't.
0: Uh uh huh. So y'all know we'd been married how long? You think, Father Stabile? Had we been married? Ten years. Ten years, probably. And a thing came out in the Texas Catholic newspaper. Uh, and I think lots of people who who they could find got a letter and it said listen for those of you who are priests who left if you want to you can just come on back
1: and be forgiven
0: and be forgiven for leaving to which I said (laughs) hello what about me you know what his answer was? Representing the church. Well, our marriage isn't valid. Who?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said that's what the Catholic Church. I know. Church would I know. Say. I know.
0: Look how his lip <laughs> gets a little flat when he gets worried.
1: Not a lot of people get that Got my opportunity. On. Got my ring Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. valid. Yeah, <laughs> it's valid.
0: Yeah, but the point is. That there was an offering of. Yes. If you want to deny the last 10 years of your life, remember now he's the father of four. If you want to deny those four and her, then come on back because that doesn't really count. I'm telling you that story only because the Holy Spirit gave it to me. I haven't thought of it in years. (laughs) So, but I'm telling the story for a reason, not just to get you all whipped up or because I'm whipped up. The reason I'm telling the story is because we're going to see that. Yeah. You're going to be tempted. It's coming. It's not there yet. I can't think of an example, but it's coming where you're going to be tempted by if you'll just deny this and this, then you can come on back. Or to young folks who are thinking they can make it without working, they'll figure it out, right? They're tired. They're, they were kept down under for too long. They'll figure out that they're going to have to get jobs and come back and fill in the workforce again, and they'll do it. But there are going to be people who are going to say, you can." Here's, this is a made-up example, but I can see it happening. You can come back, but you have to come back at the salary where you were when you left. See, we're going to punish people for not making the choices that we made because we don't like change. We don't like what's happening, and we're blaming it on the server and the crab fingers. And we're saying this weekend it's a much bigger thing than that, and we have to rise above all of that and talk about it in a much different way. So that's what we're going to try to do. You are All the right.
1: best. I'm going to blame it on the drivers that didn't read the handbook. <laughs>
0: there, there is one tiny little imperfection in the ever-lovely, <laughs> ever-patient, Joe <Jostabille. laughs> And it has to do with other drivers. I don't know. I'm going to spend some time with you uh, talking about habitual behavior that doesn't serve you well.